It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Well, good morning. Fourth Sunday of the new decade and fourth Sunday of our series, The Beginner's Guide to Predicting Your Future. Also Australia Day. So you're starting your Australia Day right, being here. How many here? How many? This is your fourth Consecutive Sunday for 2020. See, it's a strong start. Good. Keep the streak going. Um, you'll be glad you're here as well. It's, uh, before you fire up your own Barbie later on, we may, may have a Barbie being fired up. You may start to be distracted halfway through my message by the very unique and hard to compete with smell of onions sautéing on the barbecue. Because here's the thing, we're going to do the sausage sizzle right. We're not going to be pressured by big hardware into taking onions off the menu or having to hide them under the sausage. No, no, no. We're doing it the Australian way. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. That's all right. Just a bit of controversy. Talk to Neil Gibb. He'll catch you up. Hey, shout out to our podcast listeners around the world as well. This uh, month of January, we've actually got some new listeners from the Russian Federation, which is fantastic. And uh, so I have to bone up on my Russian uh, and uh, also from Lebanon. So um, fantastic. Welcome to those new listeners. And those of you who um, you maybe missed some of the first weeks of this series, highly recommend you go back and uh, catch up on, on those. Now, for you single people who are hoping to one day get married, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little leg up here. Uh, I'm going to give you a little wish list that I strongly encourage you when you're kind of looking at the, uh, the rose, through the rose-colored glasses at potentially Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright. I'm going to give you nine things on a wish list that I recommend you look for in a potential spouse. Uh, parents, I don't often give parenting advice, but Today, I'm going to give a little bit of a wish list, nine things that when you talk about junior and junior's future, that these, uh, I would think, are pretty solid goals for you as a parent to, to maybe want to see junior uh, grow into checking these nine things off their, you know, what they demonstrate in their own life. If you're in management or you have your own business, I'm going to give you, I'm going to start strong this morning, I'm going to give you a wish list for potential employees when you're hiring and recruiting that are going to save you a lot of pain and a lot of heartache and potentially a lot of money. And here's the wish list. This, this is the spouse, the kids, the employee wish list that you will look for somebody to marry, kids to raise, employees to join your organization who are loving. Now, not just one of these things. It's like checking nine of these things. They're loving, they're joyful, they're peaceful, they're patient, they're kind, they're good, faithful, gentle, and they have self-control. This is it. Potential spouse, kids in your future, and potential employees in your organization, here's my little wish list. Now, some of you church geeks, I understand, you're sitting there and you know what this is. This is what in the church world we call the fruit, which is plural, of the Spirit. And it's something that Paul wrote, and if you grew up, you know, maybe Sunday school, 
years ago, or maybe you actually read your Bible for yourself. You may have actually come across this. And, and when you see this, it's in a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Galatia. I'll come back to that. Um, you may have just kind of airdropped into the section where it just kind of, Paul just kind of launches the paragraph. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Oh yeah, fantastic, great, fantastic. What you may not, no fault of your own, you could blame your Sunday school teacher. Uh, what you may not have uh, connected is that actually these fruit are the outcomes or things that we actually gather along the way, along a particular path. And, and by choosing a particular path and not choosing another path, and again, I'm going to come back to this, we can start to see these things develop in our own life, the fruit of the Spirit. And really, it's the big idea behind our series, The Beginner's Guide to Predicting Your Future. And we teased this series last Sunday of December. I said, hey, January, new month, new decade, new year, we're going to launch a series called The Beginner's Guide to Predicting Your Future. And before we even launch that series, what I can tell you about you is that I can, with reasonable high level of confidence, predict your future in just about every key area of your life. I can predict, probably predict your future financially, relationally, marriagely, healthily, professionally, spiritually, academically. I can do that. And the reason I can do that is because of this principle that we've been teaching called the principle of the path. The principle of the path is very simple. Some of you have been hearing me just banging on and banging on, banging on. January, what a long month. Direction determines destination. In other words, we can go back through your financial records for the last 12 months, maybe a bit longer, maybe a bit shorter, and we can see the direction that your income and spending and savings and giving and investing, what that's been like. And that'll actually show us the path that you're on financially. And we can say, well, if you're going to continue on that direction, which may be good, like you're on a good direction, great, keep going. Not such a good direction. Think about changing direction because the principle of the path is at work in your life, whether you're on a good path or a less than optimal path, you are on a path. We're all headed somewhere. And really the question isn't whether you're headed somewhere. The question is, are you headed where you want to ultimately end up? Because you will end up somewhere. But is it where you want to end up? And if it's not, then this is an opportunity to recalibrate and change direction in one or more areas of your life. When you come home starry-eyed and tell mum and dad that you just met this guy, met this girl. Wise parents, when you start to tell the story, wise parents don't ask you, is he cute? Wise parents don't ask you, are you in love? Wise parents ask, has he got a job? Because wise parents want to get some sense of the direction that this guy or this girl is on and whether you, by connecting with them, whether they want to see you going on potentially in that same direction or not. Now, one of my favourite movies uh, of the last decade was the movie Up. A beautiful movie. May or may not have shed a tear. Was crying for a friend if I did. Uh, and uh, this, this movie, up beautiful uh, movie. Let's, this, you'll remember these two, two of the characters. This, this dog, if you remember, his name is Doug, D-U-G, Doug, uh, which is a great name for a dog. Um, and uh, he, his character, actually ushered in what's become something of just a thing that we say now. When we get distracted, we say, squirrel. 
And uh, in fact, I found this, this little meme. He's, Doug suffers from ADDS, attention deficit dis squirrel. Um, <laughs> but, but, but in preparing for today, it's important to understand that you and I have a little bit of Doug in us. That you and I have the propensity to be attracted and, to and distracted by appealing things, that we're actually on a certain path, we're on a certain direction, and something shiny catches our, something appears in our peripheral vision, and we go, squirrel. And, and let me give you some examples of what, of what maybe these appealing things might be. It might be newer, it might be faster, it might be bigger, it might be six months interest-free, and the only word you see is free, squirrel. Uh, no, it didn't say that. Oh, what? Uh, it might be that somebody or something is offering you acceptance. Maybe somebody is paying you some attention. And, and the thing about these things is they're not necessarily bad. They're not necessarily wrong. I mean, if, you, if, you, if your boss has said to you, listen, if you call me one more time to tell me you're running late, because your car won't start, then newer probably is a good thing for you, okay? But the principle of the path asks a different question than is it good or bad? Is it right or wrong? The, the principle of the path asks what I think is a better question. And the principle of the path would want us to ask the question when we get attracted by things like this that are appealing, is my signing up for them, is my buying them, is my dating them, is my moving there, is my taking that job, is my marrying him, I mean, come on, I'm not getting any younger people, is, are these things that we are attracted to that have some appeal, this is the question, are they going to cause us to go further down the path that God's called us to or are they going to cause us to get distracted? And here's the word, if you've never made the connection, sidetracked. See, the very word sidetracked is all about the principle of the path. And we, oh, you know, you turn up late to a meeting. Oh, I'm so sorry. I meant to be here on time, but I got started on this, this email. And oh, before I knew it, I got sidetracked. Yeah, sure. Because your intention was to turn up on time. But at some point in the process of typing, you got distracted. You got sidetracked. You went on a, a different path. Which, by the way, typing an email, not such a problem. Turning up late to a meeting, don't make it one with me. That will be a problem. I can't stand it. But anyway, it's dishonoring. But here's the thing. You have, you have quite probably in your past, had a great intention and actually have started down that journey, getting out of debt, saving for a new home, uh, getting your health on track, getting closer to Jesus, signing up for a course of study that's gonna further your development, anything like this. And, and somewhere along the line, something caught your eye, something was appealing and, and you didn't, take that moment to ask the question, should I get sidetracked and go after that, which may potentially take me off the path that God wants me to go. So here's all the big idea behind 
this principle of the path. Now, if you've got our Elevate Church AU app, you can tap on the Bible title. And it's going to take us to this letter that Paul wrote, which includes the fruit of the Spirit that I just mentioned. But I want to kind of back it up a little bit. And, and let's see what Paul was actually, in the bigger picture, what he was talking about and how he got to that place of, of talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, Paul, if that name doesn't mean anything to you, Paul was a guy who, who in his uh, early career as a Jewish religious leader, the, the, the Christian church, this is 2,000 years ago, the Christian church was kind of bubbling and simmering and growing. And uh, Paul, along with many other Jewish religious leaders at the time, saw it as a threat, threat to their power and their influence. And, and he, actually set, he actually set his life his job, his mission in life to completely eradicate the church. And by the way, if you're someone that hates church, you, you wish Paul had succeeded, but he didn't, okay? And the reason he didn't is because Jesus actually met him, met him in the flesh after he'd actually been hung on a cross, died, allegedly rose again, which there were hundreds of witnesses to the fact that he did. Well, Paul became one of the latest witnesses where, where in the flesh, the guy that was once hanging on a cross now stood before him and said, yo, Paul, why do you persecute me? And all this stuff happens and Paul saw the light, which was actually that moment that when you say, oh, I saw the light, that phrase come from this particular moment when Paul saw Jesus and said, saw the light. Uh, and Paul had literally a 180 degree. He changed the path of his life 180 degrees. And he went from trying to destroy the church to giving his entire life to building the church. And uh, he would set the church up in key uh, capital cities or influential cities in the, in the known world at the time. And then he'd train up a leader and he'd hand the church off to them. But, but he would keep as a sort of mentor, he would write letters to those churches. And we've got some of those letters still. This is one of them in church in a place called Galatia. Um, and uh, I'll drop you into uh, chapter five. He didn't call it that. He just wrote the letter from start to finish, but we sliced and diced it so you could find it quicker before Google. And this is what he wrote. It's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Now, this isn't the point. This is a little, little bit of bonus content. But if you, the version of Christianity, if the version of following Jesus that you're currently signed up to isn't liberating, then you've signed up to the wrong version. If, if, if the church you grew up in wasn't communicating a version of following Jesus that was ultimately liberating, that was leading you to a place of freedom, then you, and, and I'm just saying this, and they can write to me, I, I mean, whatever. I don't read my own emails. Uh, you actually were raised with the wrong version. And, and, here's, and here's the one that, that kind of chaps my undies the most. If you left the church because the message that was being sold to you about what following Jesus looks like wasn't liberating, then you were being sold the wrong version. Because Paul's making it super clear. This is, by the way, everything I'm gonna read, what you're about to read that Paul wrote, it... <laughs> Let me give you the spoiler. There was no, there will be, you will see, no ambiguity, okay? Starting with this, it's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Je oh, what? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, there's a bit of a qualifier. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Oh, 
Gee, that was short-lived, wasn't it? <laughs> Paul and I had a moment, and then I kept reading. Paul's saying, don't say yes to every impulse. Don't sign up for everything that you get distracted by. Because by doing so, we don't actually gain more freedom. In fact, we actually start to lose freedom. By, by buying things that you can't afford because the catalogue came into your letterbox, oh, no, it, it, it's, it's not going to lead you to more freedom. Yeah, but no, it's going to start to take away your freedom because you're going to have to be, you'll find yourself under financial pressure. Doing things in your marriage that you shouldn't do or doing things outside of your marriage that you should, it, you, oh, whoa, I can do what I, it, it's going to actually cause you to lose Freedom. So Paul's warning me, we have freedom, but don't say yes to every impulse. And then he says, all right, listen up. My counsel, my advice, what I recommend, this is Paul, is this. Live freely, this is the way to go. Live freely, animated and motivated by God's Spirit. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness. I mean, because there's, there's a root of sinful self-interest in us that is at odds with a, three, a free spirit, just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness. These two ways of life, these two paths are antithetical. You can't live at times one way and at times another way according to how you feel on any given day. So, you know, why don't you just choose to be led by the spirit and so escape the erratic compulsions of a law dominated existence. I've underlined the words that say the same thing. Like when, when someone writes something and they say the same things, but they just use a different word and then they say it again, a different word, they're kind of like, in case you missed it the first time, let me come at it from a different angle. And then in case you missed that, well, let me say the exact same thing, but I'm gonna choose another word. And if for whatever reason that wasn't obvious to you, let me say one more. And now he's coming at this, I think, one, four or five... He's saying that there's two paths, the path of being led by the Spirit or the path of giving in to every impulse and selfish desire. He said, Paul's saying those things are not parallel tracks that you can straddle, that you can just comfortably hop from one to the other or a bit of this and I'm gonna bit a bit on this. Paul's actually saying those two paths, being led by the Spirit or giving in to selfish self-interest are actually at one 180 degrees opposite directions from one another. And so by choosing one, you're actually moving away from, completely away from the other one. So, so, so but, 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 but don't get tripped up with that. Just do what I recommend. Choose to be led by the Spirit because if you choose that path, you by definition won't be even able to be, want to be, going down this other path. And then, you know, in case you're like, well, you know, Paul, when you say self-interest and selfishness, what exactly do you mean? And Paul says, well, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you exactly what I mean. I ain't gonna tell you. Put your big boy, big girl pants on because uh, once again, he's not mincing words. It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. But in case it's not obvious to you, I'm gonna just spell it out. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, semicolon, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket guards, 
magic show religion, paranoid loneliness. What a Debbie Downer. Cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied ones. This stuff was written 2,000 years ago. Understand that? Okay, long before Officeworks and Bunnings and Harvey Norman were coming at you thick and fast before your YouTube video pops up. A brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives. Oh, that was a thing back then? Wow. Small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community, and I could go on, but I won't. I mean, like, I think you get the picture. Uh, yeah, Paul, I think we get the picture. But let me just throw one kind of little thing your way, because remember, this was written 2,000 years ago, okay? And you're like, man, come on, Paul, a lot's changed in 2,000 years. I mean, look, <laughs> let's take this first one. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. I mean, that might have been a problem in your day, but that's not a problem now. I mean, everyone's doing it. So, you know, Paul, get with the times. You're so old fashioned. You sound like my grandmother. <laughs> and if you're tempted to think that, and this isn't, this isn't a just say no message, okay? But if you're tempted just to dismiss the first one, which by the way, I wonder why he led, led with that first. Coincidence? Yes, no? I don't know. Probably not. But if you're going to dismiss that because, you know, it's 2000, it's 2020, I mean, come on, man. This whole industry has been built around this. Apps and websites and, oh, yeah, okay, I, I know, I, I get it. Uh, but if you're going to dismiss that as being like old-fashioned, like what do you know, Paul? Well, would you apply that to the others? Because it seems to me that this list, I mean, I wasn't around 2,000 years ago, but some of the stuff that we wade through, some of the stuff that we get exposed to, and I'm not just talking about Jesus followers, I'm talking about humans, is on this list. And I'm talking about like right on this list, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. There wouldn't be counsellors if that wasn't a thing, but it's a thing. And an industry has been born to try and help people that that's their thing. All-consuming yet never satisfied once. Newer, faster, bigger. A brutal temper. Oh, that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> divided homes and divided lives. There's government departments that exist specifically for that. And some of you know it because some of you have been in or nearby some of those divided homes and divided lives. Uncontrolled and un controllable addictions and we can read this we say oh, come on Paul it's my life I can do what I want with it it's my money it's my body yeah that's right you can but why would you want to if by choosing that direction it's going to actually cause you to lose freedom and not gain what you can we can but why would you want to you see this is, if you use your freedom this way, you'll not enter, you'll not inherit God's kingdom. It's awfully quiet in here. <laughs> now, this has been recorded, so I, I try to say stuff that, that I mean and not just kind of waffle. Some people believe this last bit 
you'll not inherit God's kingdom. Some big brain Bible people believe that means you won't go to heaven. I don't believe that. I don't think that's what Paul was saying. I mean, Paul's been pretty unambiguous to now. I think if, he, if this meant you won't go to heaven, Paul would have written, you won't go to heaven. Uh, but, you know, I'm not trying to start a, a, a just, a, an arm wrestle with people. But, but I think what Paul's talking about is if you use your freedom this way, the list he just gave, God's got something better for you. But by choosing that path, the path of self-interest and selfishness, you won't experience that better. Because we're actually given the opportunity not to only and to begin to experience God's kingdom when we die and go to heaven. God's actually promised that He wants to bring heaven to earth, that He wants us to experience His kingdom. And it's not going to be as good as in heaven, but we're going to be able to get a taste and more and better of what God's kingdom and I said it last week, Jesus came to bring God's kingdom to earth, came in human form, God in a bod. And, and, and that was the thing, to usher in God's kingdom. Because up to then, heaven was there and we're here. And hopefully one day when we die, we'll get to experience God's kingdom. And Jesus says, no, 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 the kingdom of heaven is here and now. And, and, but we only experience that in this lifetime, on this side of eternity, when we choose the path of being led by God's Spirit and not the path of self-interest. So, what does the, the path of being led by God's Spirit look like? Path number two. What Paul said and what I think is the better path. So he asks a rhetorical question, but what happens when we live God's way? Well, <clears throat> He brings gifts into our lives. He brings gifts into our lives. Much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity, and yes, it's Australia Day, so I'm gonna say it, how's the serenity? We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. This is the nine things that I put up on the wish list in a different version. You'll find this in the message version. If you're in our app, that's what you're going to be able to read. This is the wish list. And think about this. How good, how good is this? I mean, imagine if this was your life. I mean, Paul's saying, Paul's saying this is what God actually wants for your life, that, that you'll experience and you'll demonstrate and you'll be known for these things. And, 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 and here's why I know that you would want that, to be your life. And the reason I know you want that to be your life is because you want this to be demonstrated in the people around you. Because this is better. I mean, think about this one. Mum and dad, you're on the car trip and junior one and junior two in the back seat and they are being so affectionate towards each other. They're sharing. They're, they're saying, would you like to take the Nintendo Switch for the next hour? No, 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 I insist. I insist that you keep it because, because that would be better for you. And you're in the front row of the car and you're thinking, you kids, stop being so flippin' affectionate, okay? Please, I've told you once, start fighting. <laughs> Said no parents ever. Someone you know, they just always seem to be peaceful. Like they are, how's the serenity? They're just always so peaceful. And you think to them, and you say, listen, 
you make me sick. You need to go to counselling. And when you go to counselling, ask them to prescribe you some depressants. Antidepressants? No, depressants, okay? Because you're always antidepressed. Involved in loyal commitments. Oh my God. As someone that leads a church, it really bothers me that we have so many people that do what they say they were gonna do. It, it really bothers me that team members turn up when they're scheduled. It just, it, it just bothers me. Oh. I mean, you wouldn't wanna be me. Didn't have a mic drop moment. So that was it. That was it. Bye. <laughs> Woo. I didn't, I didn't think it would be kind of mid-sentence, but anyway, there we go. <laughs> I think there was a squirrel over there that he saw. Um, <laughs> uh, we really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love you to join us for one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information about our great Elevate Kids and Elevate Youth environments, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app.